Welcome. You're listening to the Consensus State Change Podcast, an interview series inspired by the emerging decentralization phenomenon. So thanks for joining me on State Change, Carl and Nick. The other day, you guys were having a really interesting conversation about development toolkits and frameworks. And while it's a little bit beyond me, I thought maybe you could um, you could lay out what your thoughts are about the current state of affairs and uh, and what you guys would really like to see moving forward to enable you to uh, to streamline your development processes. Okay, so so basically, uh, yeah. Uh, the landscape of Ethereum tools um, to help us build Ethereum apps is uh, very diverse and a lot better than yes, what is out there for other protocols. It's it's interesting because uh, everyone's trying to find their place uh, with what testing tools and suites and so forth and 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 what they're trying to build, you know, with those tools and uh, and which philosophies they want to they want to take in and uh, and and. The interesting thing is, is that you know, while we do love all of them, um, what we really want is is pieces from each of them and it assembled in a very specific way that adapt to very specific philosophies. And you know, as of our conversation yesterday, we were very emotionally heated to this discussion because there's so much great stuff coming out within um, the React and uh, well, the React development space, we could say, uh, with, you know, JavaScript sort of UI space. There's so much great stuff that that's going back to old school programming and old school like Unix philosophy and so forth that that's really you know making programming pretty awesome again even in JavaScript uh, which is you know a great language but nonetheless still quite a mess or at least in my opinion slightly a mess. <laughs> um, you know here we are we have three or even four we could say frameworks um, and. Everybody's like, yeah, this, these frameworks are really good to get started. They're really good for certain use cases. But basically, if you want to build an app of any scale with any sort of complex deployment of Ethereum contracts and, you know, uh, complex deployment of Ethereum contracts in tandem with your application, you uh, basically have to just build it yourself because there's just not a lot of functionality there. There's not a lot of options. And well, we have the absolute kind of benefit of having Tim um, pretty much a call away at any point. And, we, and I've been discussing with Tim quite you know, actively uh, an approach that, that would allow us to do complex deployment of Ethereum contracts and, and staging you know, in a way that, that would be useful to me. It, it's kind of like we, we all wanted, or at least I've been wanting this for quite some time at least since the start of when I started Wayfund and then built a service to it and then needed to deploy first Wayfund and then a service <laughs> that uses Wayfund's address. It is this particular problem that is, that is you know, getting me all riled up. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Carl, what, how, how are you feeling? What, what are your emotions yeah. telling you? Well, I, I too, I, I, uh, after looking into the um, Ethereum development ecosystem, it's, First, you have to kind of orient yourself, and then you realize that there is still so much to be done. And that's not actually a bad thing. We, we are just starting out on this Ethereum adventure, and there is a lot of different areas that need to be kind of fleshed out. But here's the, the, the biggest issue that I see with the current uh, development tools in the Ethereum ecosystem, 
It's that all of the tools, they try to take a bit of a holistic approach um, where they're solving a lot of different problems and they're not making a, uh, there isn't a clear path for just using little pieces. So the, the whole kind of React and Unix philosophy that has been uh, popularized recently has been this like, we don't know all of the best practices for everything. We're going to build one thing that we know is a good practice and then we're going to open it up to the community and say, hey guys, uh, this React is a view layer. Uh, you know, we have this flux thing that we're just going to kind of vaguely explain and then go for it. So then, you know, time went on and we got these cool tools like Redux out of that uh, approach. And the, there, the, there unfortunately is not focusing on one specific area for each, each tool. Uh, right now we have uh, Truffle, which is really good for testing your contracts and, iting, and uh, deployments. And they have, there, there's work being done on building a deploy script and a number of different things, but at the same time, uh, it's not uh, it's not as easy. And there is work being done to make it more modular um, as we speak. But uh, at the same time, right now there is this kind of way that you have to build an app, right, using Truffle, and that that goes for also a tool like Dapple. Dapple, you have another way to build an app. You have the Dapp file, and you have the Dapple RC, and there's there's a lot of kind of convention there. And really, right now, the thing that's most unique about Dapple is the testing, right? So you, you, um, there's, there's this whole debate about, do we need testing inside of Solidity? I am personally favorable to the, uh, yes, we should have Solidity testing because we, if we're writing Solidity code and Solidity is going to be a full language that we actually flesh out as the years goes on, we're going to want to be testing in that language. So there's a lot of, like, building the whole solution. And I think that it would be very valuable for our community to just break that our big solutions that we've constructed that all have their strengths and weaknesses into smaller pieces. Um, so that developers like Nick and I, that we can, you know, build out a large scale application and only use the pieces that we need, because we're not going to have a solution that fits all of our needs. Yeah. And also just to add to that, I think I think you nailed you nailed it right in the head there. It, it is every single testing framework that's available right now um, is, yeah, it's, it's trying to do it all. It's trying to be everything to everybody. And, and that's always, you know, I would say even in, in programming too, that's just the worst thing to do. I mean, in terms of what approaches you can take, um, <clears throat> the, the approach that, that we'd like each of them to take is, you know, to find their philosophies and, and meet only their concern uh, as best as they possibly can, and in which case they become a lot more useful to us because, you know, we can use them as modules and we can progress them as modules uh, as the way we, we sort of see fit. And, you know, when you have to use, um, so, you know, when you have to use like a, a chainsaw where, you know, some pruners <laughs> would be <laughs> quite appropriate. You know, uh, uh, Arthur being an arborist, um, we uh, we we have a you know a specific sort of um, uh, overuse or bulkiness that we just uh, we it doesn't sit right. You know, it, I I can't sit in the same place twice um, thinking about these things because I you know I just go crazy. Um, so in any case, uh, this is uh, this is the situation that's going on, sort of the landscape uh, for testing tools, and um, and so so Carl and I were basically. 
um, in a very, very heated discussion about this, um, talking about all of the wondrous things that are coming out for React and Redux and all this sort of stuff, and how these same sort of wondrous things, you know, the same sort of wondrous concepts can be totally applied to what we're doing with Ethereum and Solidity. And it's all, you know, it's all in the good name of progressing the community, helping everyone build better applications, and ultimately making sure that we have dApps that are properly tested and don't send their money where it shouldn't go or into the Ethereum abyss, um, uh, aka an address that no one owns. And, uh, you know, so, so these, these are the sorts of things that, that we're just constantly thinking about. In any case, um, um, all these tools are great in their own way. Truffle is, is really awesome. Tim is breaking Truffle down and is trying to break it up as best he can. So, you know, it, things, are, things are happening in, in good ways. But in the meantime, um, I'm building, you know, stepping stones to, to Truffle's modularity and, and stepping stones to, say, other, um, other contractual frameworks. Just in the meantime, because, you know, exploring these things is a good thing. So, yeah. yeah and basically, the way that I see the, the, the development, so we need, we need to break up our tools and kind of have these composable parts that we can pull together, right? Deployments should be a solved problem. Testing should, in JavaScript should be a solved problem. Testing in Solidity should be a solved problem and, you know, just have their own tools for you know, each one of these things you can NPM install or whatever. But I would say that um, as time goes on, I, I would like to see a focus on the Solidity programming language. So I wrote a blog post called um, Solidity's Biggest Bug, JavaScript. And that's it, it, what it was. It's not saying that JavaScript um, being, you know, related to Solidity is a bad thing and that all, like most Solidity tools uh, or Ethereum development tools are built in JavaScript, which is great because JavaScript is awesome. But really what the, the thing that I was trying to get at was that there should be kind of maybe two or three, I would say three camps of developers in the Ethereum community. There should probably be the, the I'm a JavaScript developer and I'm learning about Ethereum and I really like what I'm seeing and I want to build a dApp, right? And we, we should build tools um, that appeal to those kinds of developers. And those uh, tools are probably going to look maybe a, like Truffle with, and we talked also about like building a Webpack loader and, you know, different tools will appeal to different JavaScript developers, but essentially making that path to a dApp really quick for an established JavaScript developer. That's an important camp. But then there's another camp that's either, uh, you know, a Python developer or just develop anything, um, and they just want to learn Solidity. And so I would like to see uh, a, a, a clear path for those people who are just learning about the Solidity programming language. And going in, they're like, okay, I want to build a program, I want to build a simple contract, and I want to... Uh, you know, have you, you could even make like a main function and just these these are these are these are uh, just build a, a a clear path where someone who doesn't want to touch any other languages doesn't have to. And then what that does is now the third camp of people who are building large scale applications, maybe with larger teams, they're going to have an easier path to like separate your concerns if you want to have your JavaScript front end only. Uh, uh, you know, in one microservice, and then you have a some kind of solidity slash deployment uh, microservice, and there's the you you get a lot of options. And the biggest, most impactful part of this is that by treating solidity by by giving this kind of state 
age where people can learn Solidity, it's, I think, going to cause the Solidity programming language to progress much more quickly. Because right now, as it stands, Solidity is not very good. I've heard about people wanting to just get rid of it entirely and just work on a different language. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm open to that as well. But I think that Ethereum needs a solid programming language. And the only way we're, we're going to get there is if we work in that programming language most of the time, at least some of us. What do you guys want in a, in a programming language? And how do, you, how do you get there? How do you go from what you currently have with Solidity to this, uh, to this immaculate, uh, immaculate system that you, guys, um, that you guys pine for? Well, Solidity is a, a, a programming language based on like addresses and has these really cool core concepts that, that are not uh, present in a lot of other programming languages that makes it good for you know, working on the EVM. So that's, that's, uh, that's a positive, but the, the downside is that Solidity has all these weird things like passing strings as parameters or, or bytes as parameters and like constructors and uh, you know, weird syntax stuff where public is at the end of the function name. And it's, it's just like there are a lot of these weird things that I, I think could be high. Why are they there in the first place? I think it's just because it's a new language, and they're they're uh, when JavaScript was first created, it was created in like you know quote unquote ten days. But essentially, um, Brandon Ike said, "Okay, I'm going to build this language. It's going to run in the browser. I'm going to do the minimal viable product, right?" And it had very strange things where if you said new bool and then in parentheses you put in true, it would come out as false. Like there's some really weird. Uh, aspects of this language, JavaScript, right? And then you had, as time goes on and as people used it, you kind of ironed out these weird things. And now we're left with this pretty awesome uh, hybrid functional programming and object-oriented language. It's really an interesting uh, language, but it took time and it took developers working on it for these things to be addressed. I think I think Solidity is, 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 not, is not bad at all, considering that, that you know, the bytecode that Solidity is breaking down into is going to, you know, an EBM machine with the equivalent of like a 1980s like computer. You know, I mean, I mean, that's technically like what's running this bytecode is like, you know, something that's been it's it's laughably, laughably slow, but on purpose and for a reason. And, you know, that that may change in, in the future. But but I think Solidity does serve, you know, its purpose right now. It's just. The, the, the central issue that we're having is, is you know, unlike pretty much 95% of programming languages, there, there really isn't any hello world with Solidity. You know, there's no, there's no basic little thing that I can go to. Um, and in particularly things like logging um, and, you know, just, just getting a message back from it. And also just, just a few, few other basics. You, you just run into like some pretty basic sort of conceptual problems, and I think that's why programmers have such a hard time kind of grabbing onto it. It's because it's very hard to grab onto when you don't have that very very basic thing. It's just like that hello world, hey, like okay, so that's how I do logging, and that's how I do some basic logic, and that's kind of what that looks like. So when you don't have these sorts of things, you know, I think programmers get a little lost, and they they get a little they get a little worried that like is this out of my sort of sphere and of course it isn't it's just it just takes them that extra bit of time um and so um so you know what what carl and i were talking about is <clears throat> is even perhaps trying to to create some simple little environment that you can just run solidity contracts and, and do it the way you want to import them the way you want to 
use them the way you want to, and also use things like logging inside of them and not have to think about, you know, the environment and, and what's going on and how do I do a hello world or, you know, how do I get started? Instead, you're more just going to be immediately immersed in, in the language itself. And in fact, Carl, now that I think about it, um, because we have, uh, oh, this is, okay, I've got a great idea. So, <clears throat> so basically, um, uh, we have for Solidity, we have um, this really awesome thing um, called uh, um, uh, real-time Solidity IDE. It's like, it's just, you get to type and code Solidity in the browser. The issue with that is, is that, um, now that I realize, uh, is basically that there's no way for me to log what's going on <laughs> with it. <laughs> um, so what we should do is just recreate that in React, first of all, because it's not in React. It's in some random thing that Doug used. Secondly, um, we should just provide native logging inside of it and just inject it inside the contract so that when you get it in the compiler, you can use a logger function. Why don't we do that? Yeah, that sounds, yeah, exactly that. And then you just have a new developer who either knows a different language or is new to developing in general will have a way that they can, you know, get acclimated to the Solidity language just like it was Java, just like it was JavaScript, just like it was any other language. Yes, that's, that's cool. there you go. Okay, well, we're, we're going to do that then. That, that's going to happen. <laughs> I've, in fact, I've already started rebuilding Doug's editor in React because it just made me worried that it wasn't in React in the first place. Um, <laughs> so, you know, but that's uh, that's in my secret workshop. Um, so, uh, okay, so so this is kind of the situation, Arthur. And you know, the landscape is shifting. Um, Tim is breaking up trouble, so thank God. Um, and he's breaking it up in in hopefully a way that's going to be useful to us, or if there is. If there is things that are extras, we could say, we'll live with them so long as we can really get the benefits out of the major things that we want, which is deployment staging and contract staging within the, yeah, the application itself. So, so these are the, you know, this is the, the current topics. And, and um, you know, I think, I think we'll all come around in the end and make sense in the end. But right now, it's kind of, it's, it's, another, it's another crossroads. It's another bridge that we all need to cross as developers. And it's like, we're all just standing here going like, okay. Who's going to do it? <laughs> like, who's going to pull this off? Um, so, uh, so, yeah, that's yeah. the situation. Yeah, and I think uh, there, there's, there are a number of different fronts. Like, this is one of them that's really close to, to you know, my heart. But there's also um, package management, and there's also just better documentation on, like, I, I feel like these things will kind of come as we start using Solidity more. That's why I stress the using Solidity as its own kind of standalone thing a little bit. Uh, but I, I, I have to say, you know, shout out to uh, LiveLibs and also shout out to Dapple Package Manager, both of them, or I think Dapp Package Manager. Anyway, they're both all, everyone working on these projects is really, you know, doing some awesome work. And I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, how everything turns out because we all have been progressing the community Unity so quickly, and we have been reacting to different uh, feedback. I know Tim was uh, reacting to uh, feedback about breaking it up into modules, and I think everyone will. Uh, I think, but, but it is important to have communication, especially you know between the the different frameworks. We have Block Apps, Dapple, um, and Truffle. Um, I think that communicating could be better. Thanks for joining me, Carl and Nick. This has been great, and uh, I'll see you in uh, half an hour or so. All right, that sounds good. Thanks for listening to State Change. 
Check out consensusmedia.net for more. Thank you.